This is Paul Herman, the Prince of Motivation and also host of Zaka Presents My Journey. We're creating this vulnerable and positive platform where you can get inspired and motivated from different leaders from your community. You know, after sitting down with founder Gregor Maurice last week, I went to meet the rest of the team. So without any further ado, I want you guys to help me. Welcome to the show, Zaka's co-founder, Francois Jean Noel. Welcome, Francois. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Doing fine, doing fine. Just enjoying the, this lovely day, and you know, just happy to be on the, to have you on the show right now to kind of give your experience and kind of talk to the listeners about this whole Zaka um, movement and, and and things that you guys been got going on over there. Uh, but before we dive into the whole Zaka thing, I really want to you know get the listeners to understand your journey. You know, if you could tell us a little about yourself, you know, where you're from, you know, originally, and where you are currently right now. So uh, currently, uh, I'm in Florida. So I moved to Florida uh, a year ago. So right when the pandemic started. Um, but prior to that, I was in California for nine years. But uh, to to give people a, 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 a wider understanding, uh, you know, of my background. So I grew up in Haiti. Uh, so that's where I went to high, uh, high school. Uh, so I was out there for 18 years. And then uh, after high school, I came straight in the in the state uh, for college, so I went to uh, undergrad in in New Jersey. I went to Rutgers, where I study engineering. Then, right after undergrad, um, I moved to Boston for a job, um, and I stayed in Boston for three years. And while being in Boston, that's when I went to grad school. I went to Worcester Polytechnic Institute for a system engineering, and that's how my career in corporate America actually kicked off and started in Boston and I ended up, you know, in California and, uh, and I had a job out there in California where I traveled a lot for work and, and now it was a time to be closer to the family. So, uh, I decided to move back to Florida. Okay. Now, just now you mentioned that you born and raised in Haiti, right? And you came. Yeah, I was born in New York, but I, I grew up in Haiti. Yes. Okay. Okay, so now living in Haiti to come back to America and to go to school. So you say you went to Rutgers. How was that uh, that transition, you know, coming from Haiti and the school system in Haiti to uh, coming out to New Jersey to actually going to Rutgers University? How was that transition for you? It was it was challenging. And and I'll tell you, so the school when I went to Haiti in high school, it's the French system. So we study in French. Everything is in French. Uh, then then after going to coming to the state to go to uh, college was really challenging in a sense that I didn't I did not know what I was getting into it will be it was my first time of uh, studying in English and to be quite honest I I, I cried a few times so <laughs> I, I did cry a few times uh, and I remember uh, the first book I opened was uh, C++. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, engineering terms, but it's like a programming book. That was my first English book I opened. And I still have that book till today. And it's probably one of the first class I ever had a C for. Uh, <laughs> 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 because first of all, I, I, I never took programming in, in high school. And then it was also being adapting to a new system and also studying in the new language. Um, so it was, it was challenging. 
when you now when you came from here from Haiti, was any of your family members here, or were you the first to to come from Haiti to? Because I know you say you were born in New York, um, but then you moved to Haiti. Did all your family members transfer back to Haiti, or did they some stay up here in New York? So if you're talking about my mom, my dad, and my sister, they they were still in Haiti, um, and I was here by myself in college. Wow. Wow, um, that's definitely a, a a little scare right there when you you take away from the nest and you're like, all right, I'm on my own. But you're definitely in a different, a distant, uh, a distant place. So it's not like you your parents are like a a stop away. You know, they're no, they're and, yeah, it, it, yeah, it wasn't. And the 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 part that made it more challenging is because uh, it was a new system for me. So even when I was going through, you know, the difficult times. Um, it was hard to even um, communicate that to my parents because they they are not familiar with the system, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were I was fortunate enough, you know. They will, they will provide me the the financial support and the moral support, but as far as guidance and things I need to do, things I need to watch out for, um, I did not have that because they they are not they were not familiar with the system, mm-hmm. so. So def- definitely trying to break that down to them and kind of let them know that, you know, the system is a lot different from what it is in Haiti. Now, in Haiti, were you, what attracted you to engineering? Like, obviously, you know, you came over to, from Haiti over to the States, you know, to go to Rutgers, and you already knew that your major was going to be engineering, or did you fall in love with engineering when you got here? So why did I pick engineering? That a, that's a question I get asked a lot. Um, and I have an entire philosophy about it. So I remember um, I was a senior in high school. Um, I did not know what I wanted to do. Um, and my mom, she came home with a pile of uh, college application because all, the Caribbean background is like, you know, you have to go to school. You have to do this. Uh, that's basically how we were raised. So not going to school was not not a choice. You had to. Um so I started filling out the application and when I got to the part where they were asking me, um, you know, pick your major, I did not know what, what I wanted to do, to be quite honest. Um, one thing I knew about myself is I was, you know, pretty handy. Um, my dad was an engineer. Um, so I used to go to his office all the time, you know, um, work with them. So going to engineering, um, I thought like, you know, I'll be working with my hands. So I look around and I remember I look at my parents, I asked my mom, Hey, you know, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and she said, I want to be, oh, would you be a doctor? I was like, no, doctor is not for me. Uh, and I asked my dad and my dad was like, um, well, I will not tell you what to do because if I end up telling you to do something and you can't feed your family later on, I don't want you to come back to me and ask me for money. So that was the joke. That's a wise man so, right there. <laughs> yeah. So so I ended up, you know, I picked up engineering because I look around, you know, I was like, you can't go wrong with science. It's it'll be a build, uh, it'll be a way for me to build a strong foundation. Um. So. I picked engineering and I don't regret it because I was able to, you know, uh, really enjoy uh, my my way through college and my first job. And I think that that's what did it for me. Now, when you got your first job, like, could you explain a little bit more to the listeners? Like, how was that first job? So now you've graduated from college. You're very excited. You know, so that means you're going to be staying in the U.S. You're not going back to Haiti. Like, how was that experience for you? So 
getting my first job was an entire process because I remember um, in my uh, junior uh, junior year, and I didn't have anything on my resume. And I was like, okay, so if I go to to look for a job in my senior year, what's going to happen? So I started brainstorming and, you know, doing research. And actually, one of my first job ended up being at Verizon for summer, where um, I was, at the time, it was like DSL was a big thing. I was installing DSL at uh, people people house. But if you look at the job description for that summer job, it was really a, a, a job for high school students. So, but the fact that it was a technical job, I told myself, you know what, I will do it. So I did it and put it on my resume. And in the following summer, I was able to get an internship at Verizon Wireless um, in Texas. So I remember that summer, I took a car from New York and drove it all the way down to Texas um, just for the job, just for the job, just to have something on my resume. And, and then after that, um, I, when I, it was time for me to, you know, graduation and find a job, it was quite easy to be quite honest, just for the fact that I had something on my resume. Um, it was, it was, I went through a few interviews and, and I landed a job, I think around, uh, February time frame. I already had a job lined up for when I was going to graduate in around May. Mm, mm, that's good. That's always a good thing when you have something lined up like that. Because you know, some people graduate from college, they still looking and looking, you know, to find that actual spot. So that's good that you actually had, you know, that that experience. Because like I said, some people, especially you know, coming from a distant country, might not even work like that for them. So that just goes to show yes. the work ethic that you have. Yeah, and not only work ethic, it's all also sure that you know it's when you're part of a system, you you have to plan around that system to to be able to adapt. And it, it goes back to what I told you initially is like not having you know someone around to to sh- to lead the way to kind of like uh, uh, guide you and coach you, especially at your a young age, you know. Uh, being in college by yourself, you know, with all those distractions that comes with it. Um, and to still, you know, finding a way to, to, to find a job after you graduate college, it was, it was not easy. It was definitely not easy. Now this, with you talking about this, this kind of goes into the whole Zaka, you know, how did you get involved with Zaka? How did you connect with Greg and how did that, uh, that vision start for you? So I connected with Greg um, a few years ago um, through a mutual friend. Uh, so that mutual friend, we went to uh, high school together, um, and then he he took a trip to California, um, and he he told me, "Hey, I'm in California. Come hang out." So that's how I first connected with, with Greg. And right off the bat, is it, we felt like you know we knew each other for a long time, and. Uh, one day, uh, he he called me and he he was complaining about his job. <laughs> I probably you already have told you that story where you know he he felt like you know he he wanted to f- uh, chase a purpose, uh, where um, he wanted to give back to the community and do something for minorities. And um, he drove down to San Diego 
And he was like, hey, I have this idea. Uh, what do you think about it? Um, and I was like, you know what? It sounds great. And then we started sharing our own stories, like, you know, similar to, uh, to the story I told you about me going to college and all the uh, uh, hard time I had, you know, um, adapting to the system. And we, we realized, you know, there's a way here where we can, we can help and, 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 and give back to the community. And the idea started as something related to, you know, music and videos and, 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 and mature to becoming what Zaka is today. And, uh, and it was, you know, he, he, he grabbed me. He was like, Hey, can you help me out? I was like, yeah, what do you need? And then I just grabbed a Excel sheet and, and, and that's how we started, you know, uh, shaping the idea. And it's an, it's an amazing idea. And, and uh, obviously, individuals across the world, you know, how do you feel like you, you have the ability now to influence people across the world? So the way we will do that is, 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 is definitely going to be by the content of the platform and staying focused on the purpose. So if you look at the United States, you know, it's, it's, it's a country based on immigrants. So there are so many immigrants from different backgrounds in the world, from Asia, Europe, the Caribbean, South Africa, that truly contribute to the society. At the same time, they don't have a way to truly reach back to their community and share this, their stories to be able to motivate people, inspire people. Um, I personally wish I had that platform when I first came here by myself in college where I could have, you know, be inspired by other people's stories instead of trying to uh, uh, build my path by myself with no roadmap. So I think that's the way that, you know, we are going to help the other generation where, you know, we learn from each other's mistakes, we learn from each other's stories and trying to create something better for the future and the next generation to come. Now, you mentioned roadmap, which is very important. I mean, obviously you had come from Haiti, you went to, you know, various different distinguished universities, graduated, got your first job. Like, again, you were just you were developing your own roadmap, if that was the case. Along that time, like, who were you looking up to as, like, uh, someone you could look up to as a leader or as a mentor? Did you even have a mentor during that time? Paul, I'll be quite honest with you. I never had a mentor um, along that way. But I just wanted, I just knew that I never wanted to fail. So the way I did that, is I will set myself some milestones and I'll make sure that I, I figured out how to, how to reach those milestones. It might be something as simple, you know, when I graduate college, I know that um, I need to find a job. And I'll give you an example of the milestone I set myself. I, set myself. I knew I wanted to go to uh, grad school, but I told myself if I wait two years after I graduate, I won't go to grad school because I won't be motivated. So I, I, I give myself a year off and then I started high school. Um, and, and from working my first job, I was, it was quick to see that a, a way to you advance is by, you know, grabbing on opportunities. So that's why um, I was at a position for three years. And every three years, if you were to look at my resume, you'll see that I kind of like move around and take different uh, uh, responsibility within that same company. Um, so at the end of the day, it's, it was me finding something that works for me 
and that works with uh, what I want, my goal and what I want to accomplish. Um, but not most around for the past four years, that's when I reach a point where I'm like, oh, you know what? I need a mentor now. Because <laughs> I, I, I got to a point where now I felt like, you know, to get to the next level or if I want to do something bigger and better, it's beyond me because I was able to do whatever I could for myself, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And it's uh, what you what you just said is very inspirational. And it goes to show like, you know, that Caribbean background that you have, like you remember how you said about, you know, you have to go to school, like you use some of those, you know, principles and practices from the Caribbean background, you know, and that's what I want to kind of talk about a little bit more. Like, what are some of the things that you've taken from that Caribbean background, being an immigrant, coming here to the States and, and finding a way to succeed? Like, what were some of those things that you've taken away from that Caribbean background growing up uh, that has helped you catapult you in your career? I think I think one of the key thing was uh, is is the resilience, and and not taking any uh, everything uh, for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that you know, like I was fortunate enough, like I said, like you know, my parents were able to help me financially with college, and I saw you know the all the efforts they doing to be able to help me with tuition and stuff. One of the first thing is I didn't want to disappoint them, you know. That that was one of the first things that got me through college. Then after college, when I started being on my own, it was truly my the motivation, the discipline, and and truly, you know, most importantly, be proud of myself. And also, you know, have my family and my young cousin and all the young people in my family looking up to me i just wanted to give them something to be proud of and also be a resource to them where you know if when they come to the state and if they have to go through college and they have to do certain things they can reach out to me uh for for advice and not have to go through the mental exercise and the stress i had to do to go through myself Hmm. Which which aligns to what we are trying to provide the community with soccer. True, true. Very, very valuable. Very valuable. Now, Francois, out of all the things you got going on, you got engineering, you have Zaka, you're inspiring, you know, people of your, your community, you know, your family members. What do you do for fun? Like what kind of hobbies do you have going on over here? Like what when you're not in the office, when you're not engineering, what are we doing? Oh, I'll tell you, we we play soccer. Um, <laughs> yes, we we get in, we get involved. Uh, you know, we we we're not we're never gonna let the ball go away. So we do play <laughs> soccer. And um, I used to back in Boston. I used to you know do the a buzz and go club, which is takes like two hours of your time every Friday. I uh, do that. Um, lately, um, I pick up like golfing through. Actually, picking up golfing was an interesting story because we we don't have golf in the Caribbean. Well, in Haiti, I should say. Um, So it was one of my boss at the time in Boston. He he wanted he was missing somebody. He was like, "Hey, do do you know how to play golf?" I was like, "I I don't know how to, but I can try." And so that's how all started. So aside from that, you know, I think it's 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 really important to 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 create a, a schedule. And to be able to fit what's important to you and at the same time to be able to take care of yourself mentally and physically. So mm-hmm. get out there, exercise, socialize with people 
and and so I do find time for to to balance it out. That's good. That's good. I mean, obviously, when you when you're moving as as much as you are, obviously having that quality time to spend with your family, your close friends is always important. You know, I feel like you 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 with that Caribbean background, family has always been a big thing for the Caribbean you know culture. So you, I see that you you still keep that and value that. You know, to to kind of conclude a little bit, you know, on our interview, I just we wanted to ask you this question. You know, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Like, you know, obviously you've been doing a, some successful things over these past couple of years, and like I said, you know, from college to your first job to where you are now currently, and obviously your position within Zaka. But where do you see yourself in the next five years? What is Francois looking to do? In the next five years, I plan to definitely see Zaka grow into the vision that we have for Zaka. So I want to see that it become a platform that live up to this to his purpose. As far as helping the community, inspiring the young generation, and being a reference uh, to 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 help guide the immigrant community through through all the hard time and hardship by learning from each other, uh, by inspiring each other, and in the next five years, I I plan to be truly part of that and help help grow it to to what it needs to be. Hmm. Okay. Well, Francois, I want to say. I want to thank you again for just joining us on the show today and kind of expressing your your journey, you know, inspiring us through your words and also through, like I said, your journey, you know, from coming from the Caribbean to where you are currently right now. And the the things that you guys are doing at Zaka, like I said, and everyone does know you guys are doing a phenomenal job with that, you know. I think the the one last thing I want to kind of leave it off of is that for the for the most for more information like this. You know, I know individuals could definitely go to www.zakaconnect.com to hear more interviews like this and to hear more of your story. You know, I just want to again, thank you again for joining us on the show. Is there any last things you want to say to the listeners? No, I want to say, you know, thank you. Thank you for your time, Paul. And if anything, I want to say is, you know, uh, they should go to the website and feel free to drop us an email and then and then keep an eye out for uh, what's coming out. So we're working on a lot of exciting things. Um, we also have some uh, great ideas. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be fun and it's going to be a, a road where we all going to travel uh, that road together. And we all going to make it uh, successful together as a community and help help each other out. That's right. So, again, guys, you heard it here first. If you need more information on Zaka, definitely go to ZakaConnect.com. Again, that's www.ZakaConnect.com. And if you want to see more and hear more interviews like this and hear more about Francois and his journey, definitely go visit it. I want to thank you guys for all listening. Until the next time, guys.